This is a Chronicle podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine. From the Chronicle podcast system, this is Vendor on Psoriasis with Dr. Ron Vendor for January 17, 2021. Based on the popular Vendor on Psoriasis column in the Chronicle of Skin and Allergy, Dr. Vender provides brief synopses of recent significant clinical developments in psoriasis research, and provides his observations and comments to accompany each report. In each episode, Dr. Vender will answer questions and offer his expert observations and anecdotes on treating this chronic disease. Today, he'll discuss biologic treatment safety during COVID-19, and he'll answer questions from listeners. If you have a question for him, or want to be in touch at any time, just send an email to vendor at chronicle.org. That's V-N-D-E-R at chronicle.org. And, if you attach a voice clip, we might even use your question on an upcoming episode. Support for this podcast comes from Sun Pharma Canada. Sun Pharma is a world leader in specialty therapeutics, and is now positioned to be an even larger contributor to the Canadian dermatology landscape. Learn more at www.sunpharma.com. And now, here's Jeremy Visser. Thanks, Leona. Welcome back. I'm Jeremy Visser of the Chronicle of Skin and Allergy. You're listening to the Vendor on Psoriasis podcast with Dr. Ron Vendor. In our second episode, Dr. Vender will be talking about research involving biologic treatment for psoriasis and safety during the COVID-19 pandemic, efficacy and safety data for teldrakizumab, and the effects of intermittent fasting on psoriasis. Dr. Vender, our first study for today is an analysis of risk and outcomes of COVID-19 in patients with psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis on biologics. What are your thoughts on this? Thank you very much, and I appreciate being invited for this second episode. COVID-19 has certainly changed the way we live in this world, and everybody knows about COVID-19. The new virus was certainly a shock to everyone with the pandemic being declared, and the patients that had psoriasis who were on biologics got very worried and dermatologists got very worried and scientists got very concerned. And we were very worried that this inflammatory skin disorder being treated with immunomodulatory therapy would be a major concern for psoriasis patients, whether they're on biologics or not or psoriatic our patients as well. And the good news is that in general, their risk of COVID-19 was actually minimized or even reduced. In other words, psoriasis patients without treatment were at no higher risk for COVID-19 when getting this coronavirus and were found that these patients did not have an increased risk of more severe disease. And of course, this is talking before vaccination. In addition to this, patients that were on biologics did not have an increased risk of hospitalization or more severe disease. 
In fact, it was thought that those on biologics may have actually had a protective mechanism by decreasing the cytokine storm. However, there are some systemic medications such as cyclosporin can put the patients at higher risk because this is more immunosuppressive than immunomodulatory. And so the risk that has been evident with our patients that suffer from psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, and that are on biologics has been refuted and saying that this risk is extremely low. And I think we're very comfortable with this. A second problem was the vaccination, which is not addressed in this paper, but again, we're concerned that vaccinating these patients that are on biologics may have a higher risk for worsening of their skin psoriasis, worsening of their psoriatic arthritis, and this is not found to be so. In addition to this, the combination of the vaccine, especially the mRNA type, as these are non-live vaccines, was found to be safe in these patients as well. Our next study looks at five-year efficacy and safety data for tildrakizumab in patients with moderate to severe psoriasis. What stood out to you in the study, Dr. Vendor? Well, what stood out is that this study started a long time ago, and tildrakizumab is a recently approved P19 monoclonal antibody, in other words, an anti-IL-23, joining two other anti-IL-23s that were already on the market. Rizinkizumab and Gaselkimab. The comparator was Etanercept. So this is very interesting because Etanercept has not been used as a comparator for years. It used to be the market leader, and now quite often the comparator is in terms of TNF inhibitors, adalimumab, or a comparator against ustekinumab, or even secukinumab as being market leaders. Using Etanercept was interesting as etanercept has good efficacy and good safety. However, their PASI-75 response is quite low compared to what we have. But this still did not put a damper on the study. It was able to show that there was a very good PASI-75 response with tildrakizumab that were extremely high early on and also later on. There are very few biologics that have been approved recently, and tildrakizumab is one that was approved in 2021, that already had five-year data already showing how long the clinical trial was. This delay in approval was only administrative. It was not anything to do with safety. And so we have an approval of a new anti-IL-23 that has great efficacy showing high levels of PASI-75 response. And also, although this study doesn't show it, a low residual absolute PASI. But not only this, as already five years of safety. And so if patients come in clinically and say, oh, this is a new molecule, it hasn't been studied for long, that's not true. It has been studied for over five years and has five years of data, which can give very good 
comfort and reassurance to the prescribers, but also to the patients. And so this is very impressive to be able to have this. Our final study for today's episode looks at the effects of modified intermittent fasting on psoriasis. What's your experience with patients and dietary lifestyles affecting their psoriasis, Dr. Vendor? Thank you for the question, Jeremy. The modified intermittent fasting called mango, which is probably one of the things you shouldn't eat when intermittent fasting, because mango has a lot of sugar, but that's the way that's what they called it, was a two-arm pilot randomized open crossover study. And this uh, intermittent fasting may reduce some of the inflammatory markers that occur for psoriasis. Now, intermittent fasting has recently become not necessarily a fad, but maybe a very well accepted way of eating or timeliness of eating. In North America, we are certainly used to three meals per day and snacks in between. However, the intermittent fasting has been mimicked in many other countries by respect for religious reasons and so forth. This is this study did not show a comparative to this. Not only can intermittent fasting lead to a healthier lifestyle or even weight loss, but this indirect improvement may show improvement of psoriasis. Now, many patients ask me what they should not be eating when they have psoriasis, or is there anything that they should avoid? And they often relate it to foods that they have eaten. But very rarely do they ever ask if intermittent fasting can help. And so this may be considered a good alternative for some patients that are medically fit and are able to practice intermittent fasting that could improve some tough psoriasis. Or patients may anecdotally tell you that they have tried this and they've had improvement. Many patients try to avoid gluten to improve psoriasis, and there are papers to agree with this, and there are other papers that will refute this. However, generally in practice, we do not make any dietary elimination or dietary addition recommendations for psoriasis. Often patients will tell you themselves that they notice that their psoriasis flares when eating certain things and avoiding others. However, this paper does show that intermittent fasting not only could have a benefit for healthier lifestyle, weight loss, but also may improve psoriasis. But of course, as commonly said, larger studies need to be done in order to try and prove this. Lastly, we have another listener question. This one from Alberta. When looking at a study of a new treatment, what are important factors to take into consideration when comparing the study's findings to other psoriasis treatments? Thank you very much for the question, Jeremy. So when comparing one study's finding to others' findings for psoriasis treatment, you want to be sure that the primary endpoint is the same. So for example, a 12-week or a 16-week endpoint for both studies should be exactly the same. You also want to compare mechanism of action, but one must be very careful on using a non-head-to-head -head study for comparison. 
There are many confounding factors such as inclusion criteria that may occur. Some studies will allow concomitant medications such as methotrexate to be continued while attempting to determine the efficacy and safety of certain biologics or even oral therapy. One may look at where the study is being performed. Is it being performed in a community or in a closed type of patient environment? So for example, Japanese studies are very difficult to compare to North American studies due to the increased weight that North Americans with psoriasis have compared to the Japanese and certainly different diet as well that the Japanese have compared to North American patients. And so there are so many factors that must be made aware of when comparing different studies and different studies findings as well. One other thing that often is overlooked is that sometimes loading doses are given by intravenous and not by subcutaneous, which is not done in clinical practice. Thank you, Dr. Vendor. Listeners, if you have comments or questions for Dr. Vendor, send them over. Send an email to health at chronicle.org. Add a voice clip attachment to your questions, and you might appear in a future episode of this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. You can subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Sun Pharma Canada. I'm Jeremy Visser of Chronicle Companies. Your host has been Dr. Ron Bender, founder and director of Venderm Innovations in Psoriasis, a center of excellence for psoriasis, offering a comprehensive management solution for individuals with psoriasis. We'll talk again next week.